Hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes that's right jsc exclusives you'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else for ten dollars or more per episode now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show you got a business you want me to talk about it i want you to sponsor my show for ten dollars hit me up send me the script i'm putting you over plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. It's been an extremely challenging time for all of us. I don't think there's any question that it's impacted our program from how we do business on a day-to-day basis with you to uh, how we do business internally, uh, to how our players are interviewed, to access to her spring practices, to everything that we've done. And again, that's because of the process that, that, uh, that we've been involved in. I think to stand up here and talk about who's going to be our quarterback right now is, tri- is, is trivial compared to what we're dealing with. That's why I've not wanted to do that. Didn't want to come up and talk about spring practice or talk about depth charts or those type of things because I thought it was unfair to the investigation as a whole. And so we, uh, we refrain from doing that. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Children of all ages. Hey now! How the hell is everyone doing? Your boy is back. The voice is back. And this week, the rage is back. My name is J. Scott Smith, and this is the milestone 40th episode of the People's Podcast. This is J.S.C. Radio. Hey now. Damn it, you can tell I'm happy to be here. You can tell that I am back and ready to rock and roll. Damn it. Want to thank everybody who supports the show on jscottsmith.com, the mothership. The home of the show and all things J. Scott Smith. I want to thank each and every one of you who subscribes to me on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes. Those of you who subscribe on Stitcher Radio. Those of you who get at me on Google Play. If you got an Android, I got got your ass too. I ain't forgot. Also, if you're on SoundCloud where the show really originated, thank you for showing love there. It's just great to be here. 
it's not the greatest time in our country and it's not the greatest time at my alma mater but I felt that this was the perfect time if I'm gonna do a milestone episode the 40th damn episode and I couldn't have honestly imagined when I started doing this show a little bit more than a year ago that I would get to 40 episodes I thought who knows maybe this will just fall on its face but we're up to 40 which means we're 10 short of the first really big milestone of 50 50 but right now I'm dropping that 40 burger on you and also one other thing I guess before I fully jump off into this be sure to support the show also on patreon.com slash JSC radio and and intermittently you're gonna start hearing more and more original original music here on the show and I am reaching out to you I seriously am. Coming up a little bit later on, you're going to hear a little music from my homeboy, Doc Illingsworth, back in the Motor City, one-third of Detroit City. That's C-Y-D-I. Can you dig it? He shot me a bunch of beats. The dude is one of the most underrated but incredible beat makers, and he's really nice on the mic, too, from the Motor City. Good friend of mine. If you do music, preferably hip-hop, but if you do music and you got beats and they're your original, original beats, hit me up at Jason at jscottsmith.com. Shoot me a link to your music. And hey, I'd love to feature your music on this show, feature your beats on this show, and help start getting you over. I want to get your ass over as we head through 2017. So yeah. All the fun stuff is out of the way. You heard the intro. The gentleman's voice that you heard there is Mark D'Antonio. He's the head coach of the Michigan State University football team, Spartans. And I had to really stop and think about this. I've never, in of the 40-plus overall shows I've done the 40 this is the 40th episode I've done a bunch of half episodes and little specials and whatnot this is the first time I'm gonna do a show about my alma mater and I guess before I start really getting into and digging into what I wanted to get into on this show I gotta break down for you why I chose Michigan State University I could have gone anywhere I mean if you haven't guessed I tend to have a bit of an expansive vocabulary. I have a master's degree in journalism. I'm not just some slap nuts who gets on here and yells and hollers and screams and says, original, over and over again. Shout out to Dash EXP. I I actually am pretty pretty smart some bitch when I want to be. And this year, actually in September, no, not September, August, will be the 20th anniversary of me beginning my run at Michigan State. Yes, my the 20th anniversary of my high school graduation is in about three weeks. Boy, where the hell did the time go? Michigan State University will always hold a special place with me. And not just for the fact that it's where I got my degree. It is as much of a defining part of who I am as me having grown up in Detroit. It's as a defining a part of me as me being black, as me liking hip-hop as me being the man I am 
I always tell people this. City of Detroit made me. But in East Lansing, I kind of became fully formed. I was the rare kid in Detroit who grew up an MSU fan, not a Michigan fan. I know, that's a little odd to some people. But I grew up an MSU guy. I was born in 1979. Throughout the 80s and into the 90s, it wasn't always the coolest, save for 1987. It wasn't always the coolest thing to be a Spartan fan, to be a Spartan supporter in the Motor City. The reason, the first bit of MSU that got kind of kind of slid into my, into my sight came from my mom. My mom taught me most of what I know about sports. The other stuff I kind of picked up on my own, but she laid the foundation for me. Everybody thinks it's my dad. It's my mom. My mom started off as a physical education teacher. Plus, she was a statistician and a cheerleading coach and a field hockey coach. It kind of makes sense that my ass is A, into sports, and B, as grammatically correct as I tend to be. Because I got all that from her. While she was teaching at Western High School in Detroit in the late 70s, Lansing Everett High School came down to pay a visit on one of those kind of intra-city, kind of cross-sectional basketball games. And a young man was at Everett High School at the time. His name was Irvin Johnson. You guys know him as Magic. Well, my mom became an instant fan of Magic Johnson. And Magic ended up going to, wait for it, Michigan State University. And in 1979... This happened. There's Judd breaking out the smile. Not yet, not yet. There he is. There's 15 seconds. No, no he's him. not. They're getting him. No, he's got 15 seconds. Let's see if we can catch a smile, huh? Urban Johnson tacks on two more. He has 24. A reminder of our award ceremony following the next game. 12, 11. Oh, that read has hit three long. Oh, there's the pass. Look at Judd. Oh, there we go. They chant that cry on every campus in every sport. Everyone wants to be number one. But only one can make it. And Larry Bird, a great star, congratulates the victors. Dick, I enjoyed work with you and Billy. Same here again. Urban Johnson leads his Michigan State team to the final score, 75-64. It was almost fitting that I was born about six months after that game was played. And Magic held such a place with my mom because I've also mentioned this before too. My mom is a Laker fan. I know, again, that's crazy. But my mom is a Laker fan. She is a Laker fan going back to when Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and Gail Goodrich were playing for the Lakers. When Pat Riley was a player for the Lakers and not the coach. Like 60s and whatnot, before Wilt got there, Laker fan, when they were wearing powder blue Laker fan, so she was always into the Lakers, Magic ends up with the Lakers, and pretty much that was it, but Magic was a Spartan before he was a Laker, and that jumped out to me, and MSU cut right in front of Michigan, 
and everybody else to be number one with me. And it was not easy. It was a lot of tough years, especially in footballs. A lot of tough years. Being a Spartan, wearing that green and white, actually rooting for Michigan State when every other a-hole is rooting for Michigan. We push through to when I get through high school. And I get to my later part of my junior year and my early part of my senior year at Renaissance High School in Detroit. What up, though? I was applying for colleges. Obviously, Michigan State was one of the first. I applied for MSU. as the first school I applied to. I also applied to Northwestern. I applied to Central Michigan University. I applied to a few other schools, Stanford and some of the other, some of the other colleges that I looked at. And yes, yes, I applied to the University of Michigan. And I got in. I also got into MSU and Central, Northwestern. I applied to Michigan just to prove I could do it. Because I always got tired of hearing Jagoffs running their mouth about the only reason you're going to MSU because you can't get into Michigan. Contrary to popular belief, Michigan and Michigan State have about the same level of academic standards. It's just one of us doesn't run around telling everybody about it all the time. A lot of cases, people choose between the two. Michigan doesn't jump out off the page on a lot of people. I'm a journalism major. Michigan doesn't have anything resembling a journalism program. Yes, there have been journalists and broadcasters who came out of there. But they had to take them as electives and as clubs. Michigan State has one of the best journalism programs in the country. It's pretty easy pickings. Pretty easy call. I still remember the first time I set foot on that campus and I was just blown away. Because I'd never been to the city of Lansing prior to when I went up there for a, a college, the college tour visit in February of 97. Never been there before. I set foot on that campus and I was just blown away by how green it was. And it was unreal how cold it was that day. I remember how cold it was too. But I was blown away by how beautiful and how spacious and how green that campus is. Yes, our colors are green and white. You fight for the only colors, green and white, as our wonderful fight song will tell you. I guess I should also backtrack. Along the way, I had other people kind of pushing me toward MSU. I mentioned my high school journalism and newspaper teacher, Gail Jones. I mentioned it on the blog. Go on to jscottsmith.com and you can go ahead and check out one of those words of wisdom. You'll find where I talked about Gail Jones. It's the one where I talked about paying it forward. Miss Jones was an MSU alum and she was always in my ear about MSU, not realizing that I'd already set myself up to go there. I had an English teacher in 12th grade, an AP English teacher in 12th grade. She was an MSU grad. She was ecstatic when I came in there with my acceptance letter. I remember she gave me the biggest hug when I said I was going to MSU. I was a Spartan, man. Always have been, always will be. I'm wearing a Spartan hat as I do this monologue right now. And I get onto the campus. I marvel at how beautiful it is. And I knew right then that's where I wanted to be. I didn't know I had been accepted at that point. But if I was accepted, I was taking my ass to East Lansing. And I got in. And it was one of the happiest days of my life. Never forget it. I get onto that campus and it changed my whole outlook on life. I was a scared, shy, somewhat sheltered, skinny kid when I strode my ass onto that campus in August of 1997. I thought I'd finally kind of figured myself out. I didn't know a damn thing about myself. But I became the man I am because of MSU. Both Socially and intellectually. Was I the greatest student at MSU? No, I wasn't. And I tell a lot of the students that I mentor and I tell a lot of the kids that I talk to now. 
don't be like me. I was a shithead when I was at MSU. I didn't go to class as much after my first year. I got, you know, once I kind of had to have some reality kick me in the ass, yeah, I turned around and began to go back to class and get more focused. And by the time I finally graduated, I did all right for myself. But to me, it's just as much the academics as it was the feeling of belonging. And I always felt I belonged in East Lansing. And yes, the athletics had something to do with it. By the time I got there in 1997, the football team was kind of in its whole long, middling run with Nick Saban as head coach. And they were at that point 10 years removed from the Rose Bowl. They were okay, but they were never really a threat to win the Big Ten like they had been for the better part of the last decade up until last year. And we'll, we'll get to that. But I get there, and it was the basketball program that was suddenly rising from the ashes. Because by the time I got there, a certain gentleman named Tom Izzo was entering his third season as the head coach of the basketball team. And it began a run that honestly really has not ended. And we're 20 years later. One of the single coolest nights ever came in April of 2000 when after 97-98, the first year there, they get to the Sweet 16. 1999, they lose to Duke in the Final Four, setting off one of the most ridiculous riots in the history of Michigan State University, a riot so outlandish that you buffoons won't stop talking about the damn thing 18 years later. Despite the fact that there have been bigger and sillier riots on college campuses, you keep bringing up that damn burning couch. It's like that damn burning car outside of Tiger Stadium in 1984. 2000, Indianapolis. The MSU basketball team facing Florida. Mateen Cleaves gets the Zsa Pachulia treatment and gets spiked on the ankle midway through the second half. He goes out injured. He comes back. Spartans run away from Florida, a team that actually featured Udonis Haslam, for example. This happened. We'll never let go of the dream. And you can leave it to Cleve. He's running out onto the floor. He has reinstated the magic at Michigan State. Now, one must understand, the scene down in Indianapolis that night was electric and incredible. The scene in East Lansing where we were was out of this world. It was wall-to-wall party, one of my favorite memories of that particular night. And don't ask me how this happened, is somehow we got out of the Breslin Center because the Breslin Center, we had 20,000 people. It was essentially a sellout at the Breslin Center to watch the game on the big screen. And people are pouring out of the Breslin Center. I lived about, I was staying about five minutes away in the Brody Complex. My MSU heads know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. I'm five minutes away in the Brody Complex. I had to get to my car because I had the brilliant idea because I figured we were going to be going someplace else after this game ended. I I parked my car across the street and realized, uh uh-oh, we ain't moving because everybody's in the road. Somehow, someway, I end up in a car with three girls as the song Big Pimpin', which had come out like three months earlier, was blasting out of my car. It was incredible. Nobody slept that night. Classes were canceled the next day. It was magnificent. 
That's what being a Spartan was for me. Being a Spartan is being in Spartan Stadium the following year when Jeff Smoker to TJ Duckett created what was, at the time, maybe my all-time favorite MSU football moment. And yes, Michigan fans, there was time left on the clock. It's seven, it'll be 16 years later this this fall. People in Ann Arbor still insist that the clock was stopped early. I was in the stadium. I was in the corner of that end zone when TJ caught that ball. I was looking up at the scoreboard. Smoker got the ball in his hand with two seconds left. You lost. Get over it. And it's just little things like that. Being a Spartan has always been a part of my identity. That's why I've got Spartan hats and Spartan shirts. I've got MSU jackets. I've got MSU bags. I've got, I've got an MSU candle on my table here in Philadelphia. I got all kinds of MSU stuff because I'm a damn Spartan, and that's what I am. And whether it's being proud of our university for the number of academic accomplishments and for all the good things it does for the world, I am a member of the MSU Alumni Association for all the wonderful things it's done for the world in terms of science, in terms of journalism, in terms of entertainment, in terms of law and medicine. It, it, there's so many things that I could brag about with Michigan State University. As for athletics, because this is, for the most part, but not always a sports show, you already know how I feel about MSU football and about MSU basketball. MSU basketball, having made... The Final Four in 1999, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2009, 2010, 2015. It's what we do. And then the last 10 years, MSU football has, well, has been or went on, depending on how you look at it, went on the type of run not seen around those parts since the 1960s. On more than one occasion on this show, you might have heard me reference, you might have had the occasional moment when a certain play from a certain game in 2015 might have wandered its way onto this show here or there. Well, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts-Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Remember when I said Smoker to Duckett was my all-time favorite MSU play? That play destroyed it. There was nothing, and there has been nothing, and there probably will be nothing short of them winning a national championship that will top that singular moment for anyone who either attends or attended Michigan State University. It was the death blow. It was the ultimate kill shot. It was everything. It murdered any opportunity Michigan had of winning the Big Ten. 
It murdered any opportunity they had of getting any momentum. It murdered any opportunity they had to even try to backdoor their way into the playoff. They were done. It was over. For Michigan State, that singular win was like a slingshot to the finish line. I'm not going to go into how they got robbed in Lincoln when dude walked out of bounds and then walked back in to supposedly catch a touchdown pass. We're leaving that alone. As far as I'm concerned, MSU was undefeated when they went into Columbus and beat Ohio State again. Because, you know, that's what we do. When we go to Columbus, we actually win. They go to the Big Ten Championship game. They'd already been to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game twice before, having beaten Ohio State again. And, yeah, then Russell Wilson prior to that had kind of ripped out everybody's heart. But we're gonna, no, I'm not going to bring that up either. Let's, let's not even talk about that. That was bullshit. So, going to the Big Ten Championship game in 2015, they face Iowa. And as it turned out, the winner was going to go to the college football playoff. And it was already a moment that I never fully imagined could happen, especially for MSU, because all of MSU's national championships, all six of them occurred before I was born. And see, unlike a certain school, we don't like to yap about national championships that we won 50 years ago like we won them yesterday. All those national titles that Michigan State picked up were back in the 50s and 60s. Those of us, we lived through the awful 80s and the mediocre 90s and the schizophrenic 2000s and Charles Rogers and Jeff Smoker and George Perlis and Muddy Waters and, 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 and Gene Washington and, and the probate, people who are a little bit older, the probation of the 70s and, and Kirk Gibson and, and, and Demetrius Underwood and little John Flowers and Cedric Irvin. I can keep going. We struggled. So when this happened to close out a 20-play drive that effectively ate all but the last 30 seconds of game time up. It was maybe one of the more surreal moments of my Spartan life. Third down and goal at the one for Michigan State. Can the Iowa defense hold? L.J. Scott, the deep man. L.J. Scott running right. Hearing the fight song play still gives me goosebumps. It still sends just chills up and down my spine. It's just, I don't think for those of you who don't quite understand, if you're in a Michigan State Spartan, if you went to Michigan State University, it's like being in a fraternity. We're the blue-collar school in the blue-collar state. We're the underdog all the time. We're the discounted, dismissed, disrespected underdog, despite the fact we're on equal footing with everybody else. We were the first university 
to make inroads into places like Detroit and Chicago when other schools were not actively recruiting out of public high schools in the city of Detroit and in the city of Flint and in the city of Saginaw. Everybody else followed our lead. We were one of the first schools from north of the Mason-Dixon to actively go into the south to get black students and black student athletes up to MSU. All those national championships Michigan State started winning was because a lot of schools in the north and south just said, nah, we're not going to recruit these black players. MSU was like, oh, hell with that. Let's do it. So that night in Indianapolis was like a crowning achievement. Yes, we know what happened in the playoff game. But the fact of the matter is, they got to the playoff game. I don't give a damn what you say. I'd rather get to the playoff game and get shut out than be like certain places and not get there at all. Through all that, I can always say I'm proud to be a Michigan State Spartan. I'm proud to say I went to Michigan State University. I'm proud to put on a t-shirt or a hat or, or a sweatshirt or sweatpants or jacket or jersey. I don't wear jerseys that much anymore. But you know, if I'm feeling froggy, I might. That's what makes that's what makes what's going on up there right now so aggravating and so angry and unsettling to me. Coming up in the second half of this show, I have to take my alma mater to task because they're acting like a bunch of animals right now. And it's a systemic thing. And it's something that's been going on there and hiding under the surface for a long time. It's how we treat our young women. It's how we treat our students, our fellow Spartans. How we allow our women to be mistreated under the guise of an athletic program. Under the guise of not knowing the rules. Under the guise of there being a pecking order. Michigan State University, I love you to death, but occasionally we gotta discipline and we gotta go at the people and things we love. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 40th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. I'll let Doc Ills take you out into the break. We'll be back with more after this. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. 
it's on demand and on the go no downloading no syncing no wasted memory on any of your devices you can stream your favorite podcasts like jsc radio for free on stitcher you don't have the stitcher app simple go to stitcher.com today or check out the app store on whichever device you use stitcher radio be sure to check it out so you know i'm a dog and i'm kind of new to this family but i've noticed a trend my humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket but it's always the same basket and it's always the same place and then they act so surprised when i find them but i'm like hello that's where you put it last time humans are the worst at hide and go seek a person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet be that person adopt Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. This is JSC Radio. I've stood up here in the highs and the lows. I've stood up here in, after winning a Rose Bowl or a Big Ten championship. I've also stood up here at very difficult times before. That's never going to change. That's something that's just going to have to, that's the hat I wear. So as I do this today, you know, obviously we've had very good times here. and We've had some low points and obviously these are difficult times. But I also think that this is an opportunity to recenter ourselves as a program, as people, and take direction from, um, from whether it's myself or anybody else in that capacity and move forward. Move forward. This is the 40th episode of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. Welcome back. Shout out to all of you showing love on jscottsmith.com. You're listening to the sounds of a man, Doc Illingsworth. You can follow him at Illingsworth, I-L-L-I-N-G-S, Worth, or go to Illingsworks.com to hear more of the dope shit that this cat has. I've known him for years. I don't have just anybody on this damn show, because who else, to be honest, who else can kick it like this on a track? But we ain't turning down. And like I mentioned at the start of this show, if you want to get your beats on this show like Doc Gillingsworth has, hit me up at jason at jscottsmith.com and I'll see what I can do for you. So, yeah, first half of this show was me showing love to my alma mater, Michigan State University. But the reason I'm doing this show ain't got nothing to do with simply showing Spartan love. I wish it were that simple. Instead, I'm talking about things like this. A criminal complaint for sexual assault is filed with the MSU Police Department against three members of the football team. The alleged incident occurred around 2 a.m. on January 16th at the University Village Apartments. It's the first of what turns out to be two separate sexual assault investigations involving Michigan State players. The Ingham County Prosecutor's Office on April 13th confirmed an investigation involving a player is being conducted by Meridian Township Police. This, by the way, this info is coming from my old friends, my former colleagues at MLive.com, the Lansing office down in downtown Lansing. I actually used to cover a lot of this stuff, too. A lot of the police blotter stuff that revolved around MSU, some of the stuff that revolved around the athletic department. I was in on that. So these are good people. These are credible sources. That was from January 17th. From Kyle Austin, by the way. February 9th, Michigan State announces publicly that it's investigating the allegations and that three football players and a football staff member have been suspended as a result of that investigation. The staff member that was suspended is a dude named Curtis Blackwell. Back when I worked in Detroit, 
for Real Talk FM. Those of you longtime JSC heads, remember Real Talk FM and the Real Talk on Sports, which is really the precursor to JSC Radio. We did some business with Curtis Blackwell because he used to run the Sound Mind and Body football camps down in the city of Detroit. He's been working with MSU for the last few years. He was the guy that got suspended. It also announced that it has launched a Title IX investigation into the allegations and an investigation by a private law firm into the football program and its compliance with university policy. Quote, sexual assault is unacceptable, and members of the MSU Athletics who fail to uphold our standards for creating a culture that is safe, supportive, and responsive to those affected by it will be held accountable. That's from MSU Athletic Director Mark Hollis. Speaking of which, on February 13th, he canceled a trip. He was already the athletic director, but he was also the chairman of the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee. Now, Hollis had planned to spend 12 days on the road to see a bunch of college basketball games in anticipation of the 2017 NCAA Basketball Tournament, but canceled the trip a few days beforehand. The move was seen as a result of not only the investigation into the football program, but, and we'll get to this, an investigation into former MSU doctor Larry Nasser. Hollis ended up suspending gymnastics coach Kathy Clagus a few days later. Clagus retired the following day. Again, we'll get to that. Now, on Valentine's Day, they confirmed that it was Curtis Blackwell who was suspended with pay from the school, but they refused to confirm whether he was the guy that was suspended because of the sexual assault investigation, and they didn't provide any other details on his suspension. Now, Blackwell was hired in 2013 as MSU's recruiting head. He basically was helping out with the recruiting efforts, and that was at that point in time when MSU was really turning on the cans of ass whip on Michigan and Ohio State. He was also hired to be a mentor on campus. Two days later, the MSU police submitted four warrant requests to the Ingham County Prosecutor's Office. Four related to the sexual assault investigation. Three of those requests are for sexual assault, and a fourth is for a non-sexual crime. Prosecutor Carol Simon announced later that day that her office had asked the MSU police to continue investigating and submit additional information before making a decision on any more warrant requests. The following day, February 17th, President Luana Simon finally spoke up. Michigan State's Board of Trustees voted to extend Mark D'Antonio's contract by one year as laid out in his six-year rolling contract that he signed last year. And after the vote, Luana Simon said she didn't have any concern about D'Antonio's leadership of the football program. Quote, my sense is that if we had anything to be concerned about, we wouldn't have moved forward with the action today. We're still looking at everything because it's in his interest as well. Simon then later said she didn't have any larger concerns about the football program and that the launch of an independent law firm investigation was done because the confidence of the community requires that we look at it diligently. And she called Michigan State's response to the claim quick and strong. Hmm. Again, we'll get to that in a second. Now we get to the point where you heard the clip at the start of the show when Coach D'Antonio was talking about spring practice. That was from February 28th when he finally broke his silence about the entire thing. This is 18 days after the news of the investigation broke. What the hell is it with people waiting 18 days to address something around here, by the way? 18 days after the investigation breaks, D'Antonio issued his first public comments, and as you heard at the start of the show, he was laying everything out there. Spring practice, by the way, was still closed. Now, we jump ahead about two weeks to March 14th, nearly a month after the MSU police. Actually, no, that would be the Michigan State Police, the State Boys, initially filed a warrant request 
they were asked to continue investigating. They returned the investigation back to the prosecutor, and in a statement, Simon announced that her office had received follow-up reports on the case from the MSUPD. That same day, MSU football players returned from spring break and held their fifth practice of the spring less than three weeks before the spring game. March 28th, D'Antonio addressed the media before the spring game. That was some of the audio that you heard at the start of this side of the show. On March 30th, Curtis Blackwell's contract was extended for one extra month. He's still on paid suspension, by the way. And in the midst of all this, the spring game goes off with a lot of uncertainty. There were 15 players who didn't participate in the game. That's rather important considering we don't know which of these guys are the ones who got suspended for the sexual assault. The only public comments that were made about a player was LJ Scott, the brother who scored one of the biggest touchdowns in the history of the program, he was out because he had surgery. So he was injured. But everybody else, you don't know what the hell was going on. No clue. And then on April 13th, Ingham County's prosecutor's office confirmed that another Michigan State football player is the subject of a sexual assault investigation, a separate one from the earlier one. This one was in Meridian Township. Going back to the scoreboard here, you've already got Three MSU players popped for a sexual assault case. Suspended. Persona non grata. You have an assistant coach who's suspended for having something to do with the three guys in the sexual assault case. Now you have a new one. Except this time, this guy ended up getting charged. His name is Austin Robertson. He was charged on April 21st. The incident occurred on April 9th. According to court paperwork, Robertson used force or coercion to engage in non-consensual sexual penetration at the lodges of East Lansing apartments. More details emerged, including that he walked a friend to her apartment door after a party and sexually assaulted her while his girlfriend waited outside in a car. That same day, Robertson was kicked off the football team. Now, he was already previously suspended from the program for something else. When D'Antonio heard about the sexual assault, and they finally booted him. And on April 25th, he was arraigned. Bail was set at $250,000. The night of the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis, when L.J. Scott scored that touchdown, Spartans won the Big Ten again for the third time in five years. They go to the college football playoff. One of the highest of high points, maybe the highest point that the program has seen in half a century. Legit. This past season, they went 3-9. and nine, Their worst year in a quarter century. And a lot of things were hanging over this program. And this is before all this. There have been internal strife and internal issues going on. But this is just something that is off the page. But MSU is not a stranger to this sort of thing. For a few years prior, they were running afoul of the federal government. You know, back when the federal government actually cared about people. They ran afoul of the federal government for their violations of Title IX. Young women were basically afraid to report sexual assault because they felt it would not be handled properly. That it would not be treated with any sort of seriousness. That the victim would get blamed. That they would underreport it. That's a thing that had been going on at MSU. That's a thing that was happening at my alma mater. And it would be easy to sit here and say that this is only an isolated incident. No, you shouldn't come down so hard. And, oh, my personal favorite. Oh, at least we're not Penn State. 
Let me get to the Penn State thing for a second before we really dive off into this. When the entire Jerry Sandusky thing exploded at Penn State, I heard a number of my fellow Spartans get chesty and say, that would never happen at MSU. Now, I quickly shut that down. Because let's just keep it real. Let's be honest here. Penn State refused to protect young boys from a predatory, pederast coach. But right now, five years later, it appears MSU hitched its chariot to a predatory, pederast doctor over the well-being of innocent young women and girls. Every institution has its skeletons. It's just a matter of time before we start tripping over the bones. I mentioned Larry Nasser. For more than 20 years, this man was sexually molesting and sexually assaulting girls, women, gymnasts, members of local gymnastics teams. For more than two decades, he was one of the most sought-after sports medicine men on the planet. Larry Nasser. It's astonishing. In the last six months, pretty much all of this comes to light. He faces federal charges on receipt and possession of child pornography, three charges of first-degree criminal sexual conduct involving a family friend allegedly abused from age 6 until 12. Scads of other women have filed criminal or civil complaints against Nasser alleging sexual abuse and other misconduct dating back to 1994. It's 23 years ago. I was a freshman in high school in 1994 and continuing into 2016. All the victims are women. So that's the only difference, really, between Sandusky and this guy. The quote from the M Live piece, which was written by my former colleague Emily Lawler, quote, It's Penn State all over again. That's from Brian McKean, a Detroit attorney representing one of the women. You have the same kind of institutional failures, including multiple victims violated by a trusted staffer. It took years to investigate this. MSU's athletic trainers and even police were being told of this, that without their consent, Nasser was penetrating their vagina and anus during medical treatments for back, hip, and other injuries. And yet, whenever a woman or girl said something to a coach, to the police, to a staffer, it was met with skepticism. It was scoffed at. Kathy Clegus, the coach that I talked about earlier, the one who was suspended and ended up retiring the next day, she was one of the biggest enablers of Nasser. Quote, this is from Tiffany Lopez who says she was abused in 1999 and 2000 while she was a softball player at MSU. I feel like I didn't do a good job protecting those who came after me, but I did speak up on more than one occasion. MSU, along with USA Gymnastics, who also employed Nasser, has been getting hammered for this. Nasser had been at MSU since 1997 until he was fired last fall. He was with USA Gymnastics in 1986 and became their chief medical coordinator or actually he was their chief medical coordinator and team doctor from 1996 to 2015 and at Twistars, a high-profile USA Gymnastics training facility in the Lansing area, all their athletes were sent to Nasser, and all those organizations are now co-defendants in some of these lawsuits. MSU is the only entity to actually formally employ him, but the university claimed they didn't have any knowledge of any complaints prior to 2014. I call that bullshit. Luana K. Simon when she addressed the allegation, said that MSU has taken a proactive approach. Again, I call bullshit. 1997 into 1998, a gymnast alleges she complained to Kathy Clegas while she was a part of the youth gymnastics program. And according to the gymnast's allegations in the lawsuit, the gymnast, a teenager at the time, claims in the lawsuit that she was concerned about Nasser's treatments. Clegas discouraged her from filing a formal complaint and informed Nasser of the conversation, according to the court filings. 
That same year, 1997, a parent complained to Twice Stars owner John Gettert about Nasser's medical treatments. Gettert not only failed to investigate, but continued to recommend Nasser as a physician. 1999, an MSU track and cross-country runner told staff members at the athletic department and athletic trainers that Nasser was penetrating her vagina during treatment. And yes, I'm going to use that exact language to get the point across here. He was penetrating her vagina during treatment for an injured hamstring. The suit alleges the coach and the trainers t were told her that Nasser was an Olympic doctor and he knew what he was doing. We get to Lopez, 1999-2000. She told M Live that three trainers dismissed her concerns and one of them told Lopez that she should feel grateful to be treated by a world-renowned doctor. Oh, I can keep going. It just goes further and further down the line. We get to 2004. Family friend in Nasser's criminal assault case told a counselor about the alleged abuse. The counselor had the 12-year-old girl and her parents meet with Nasser who denied the allegations and the girl's parents forced her to recant. The girl later told multiple therapists and counselors about the abuse. There's no record of anyone calling the police about the, the, the allegations. I'm flustered here. Excuse me. Although state law mandates mental health counselors to report child sexual abuse. What the hell was going on up there? 2014, second police report filed by a different woman with MSU police alleged abuse during medical treatment. Case was referred to the Ingham County prosecutor who declined to press charges after they recognized it as a, quote, legitimate medical procedure. It's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Rachel Den Hollander in 2000 said she was abused by Nasser when she was 15. She was a Kalamazoo gymnast treated at MSU Sports Medicine Clinic. She told the Kalamazoo area gymnastics coach about the abuse two years later. The coach told her to keep quiet. By the way, the reason her name is out there is because she chose to have her name used. And that's why I have it out there. Nasser was, quote, MSU's golden boy. He was gymnastics golden boy. He was so loved in the community that I was very sure I would be crucified and he would end up empowered to know he couldn't get caught. And what breaks my heart more than anything is that all these women who came forward did what I didn't do. That's exactly what happened to them. I'm not even sure what to say about this. I mentioned Jerry Sandusky. This is every bit Sandusky, except instead of it being a football coach, it's a gymnastics doctor. But the same toxic rules apply. A culture of enabling, a culture of denial, a culture of shaming the victim, of blaming the victim, of silencing the victim, in this case, dozens of young women and girls, to have to be subject to that awful abuse by this piece of garbage of a human being. And I barely even want to use the terminology to call him a human being. Luana K. Simon finally got in front of a camera last week and decided to formally address these issues at Michigan State University. This is a difficult time, and it's been troubling for many, particularly for Spartans, as they see media stories about investigations related to sexual assault at MSU. The seriousness of the charges requires the most deliberate investigations possible. So I thank the Spartan community for your patience as we work with authorities to ensure justice is fully served. But most of all, I once again thank each and every individual who has come forward to share details of personally traumatic events. This is truly a courageous act. I recognize the pain sexual violence causes and truly regret any time someone in our community experiences it. 
Many of you have asked for more information and more frequent updates on how we're responding to this critical situation. So today I want to tell you about a new website dedicated to that purpose, msu.edu, our commitment. On this site, you will find updates on the Larry Nasser and the football player investigations. You will also find information about Michigan State's work to combat sexual assault, improve patient care and safety, and protect youth on campus. We'll outline the steps we're taking to build on our earlier work as we cultivate a safe and inclusive community. Sexual assault has no place at MSU. Anyone found to have violated the law or our policies will be held accountable. At MSU, we're determined to be better tomorrow than we are today. I hope you will join me in this commitment. Thank you. Now that's all well and good. And yeah, she's out here acknowledging it. But it, here's the thing. This is a culture at MSU that's been allowed to fester for decades. I remember a few years ago when the feds started sniffing around and talking about Title IX. I cringed because I had a very sinking suspicion that they were eventually going to turn up something like this. As it stands, it turned up on its own. Quote, at this point, Larry Nasser has more victims than Jerry Sandusky. That's from John Manley, one of the attorneys working with 20 of Nasser's accusers. Sandusky was convicted of 45 counts of sexual conduct related to 10 victims, and Penn State has had to pay settlements to 33 victims who filed complaints. They're still paying for that, as they should. And instead of it being Joe Paterno turning a blind eye to this sort of abuse, it's Kathy Cligas who very cowardly quit and retired the day after being suspended right before the shit hit the fan. I love my alma mater. I said it in the early part of the show. And it's disheartening. And it's painful. It pisses me off. And I'm not going to sit here and be like a lot of those weirdos at Penn State. Or how people at any other school would immediately jump to the defense of the school over this. This is disgusting. And everybody involved should be ready to pay through the damn nose for what they did to allow these girls and these young women to be violated and abused and treated that way. For years and years and years, I couldn't imagine having a daughter and she comes up to me and tells me this and I got to find out that some jag-off coach told her don't say anything or you should be thankful that you're having such great treatment. MSU, I love you. I do. But between the football program, where three and nine is the least of their worries right now, you got three guys who are unnamed plus a coach who's suspended revolving around a sexual assault case. You had to kick another guy off the damn team. One of your best defensive players, John Reschke, apparently dropped some racist bombs on a teammate and quit the team in shame during the offseason. Mark D'Antonio is a great coach, and he's led the turnaround of a lifetime at Michigan State University and their football program. You got to get this shit reined in, dude. I refuse to be embarrassed to say I went to Michigan State University. I refuse to be embarrassed to wear the green and white, to sing the fight song, to get those damn goosebumps that I got when LJ Scott scored that touchdown in Indianapolis and they beat Iowa. When Jalen Watts Jackson took it to the house in Ann Arbor almost two years ago. When I walked across that stage on May 2nd, 2003 to get my bachelor's degree. When I first stepped onto that campus 
1997. I refuse to be embarrassed to be a Spartan. But damn it, you're really making it difficult here. Get it together. And institutionally, things like this have to stop. It's not about a bottom line. The bottom line are the people who are there. The people who are there. Why does it take something like this to finally whip your ass into shape? Why does it take something on the level of this at Michigan State or on the level of Penn State and Jerry Sandusky or on the level of the entire damn Baylor football team being a bunch of miscreants or the University of Florida before that or Ohio State before that or University of Miami before that or Nebraska and Lawrence Phillips before that? Why the hell does it take this to finally get the point across? Why does this have to happen? Why do multitudes of lawsuits have to happen? Why is it so difficult to do the damn right thing? Huh? Why is it so hard? Do the right thing the first time and you don't have this. Get out in front of it. I refuse to be ashamed to be a Spartan, but I'm not going to stick my head in the sand and act like this ain't happening. It's bigger than athletics. It's bigger than the football field. This is our lives here. And just because I went to MSU doesn't mean I co-sign on this. Get it together, MSU. Please. I deal with enough crap out of these Michigan fans who run their mouths. These same Michigan fans who ain't even as, get as far as community college popping off at the mouth about my school. The last thing you need is to give them any ammo because I'm not going to defend you from this. Get it together, MSU. My name is Jay Scott Smith. Proud Spartan, proud Detroiter, really digging it here in Philadelphia. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered, and we are out of here. Remember, hit up my man Doc Illingsworth at Illingsworth or go to illingsworks.com to check out all the dope music. Get on Bandcamp, throw that man some money, and support his music. He does really dope shit. Thanks for listening through the first 40 episodes as we roll on through Season 2. I'll holla at you next week with Episode 41. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.